Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You all right? <laughs> <laughs> what well, What's going on? Jay just sniggering, making me laugh. I didn't do all anything. Right. All right. <laughs> Hi, everybody. My name's Stephen Alston. This is Halston's Brew, joined by Jay Motty from Scotty and Motty. Thank you, mate. Nice I'm, plug. I'm joined by Ronaldo Brown from Shrek for Paddock FC. I'm, I'm the tier one. I'm the tier one this podcast. And the tier one podcast, which we've not done in two years now. No, but anyway, it's a tier one podcast for a reason. Soon, though, because is. I was yeah, tier one. Don't accept nothing less. No. Yeah, this is the brew. But where are they? What? <laughs> That's an excellent point, Ronaldo. Well made. As always, waiting on a brew. Um, <laughs> nice milky tea. Your two sugars. Yeah, and you do like it milky. You I don't do like it milky. Yeah, I do mm. like it milky. Um, bit of a serious one today. Um, unfortunately, we saw over the weekend Mason Greenwood get hammered by the press. Yeah, starting comparing him to Ravel Morrison, which I think is just irresponsible for one, wrong for another, and so far wide of the mark uh, that I almost can't believe it. Um, for a third, we saw the Daily Mail decide to initiate what I anticipated about three weeks ago, that Marcus Rashford's embarrassed this government. Tory little posh rich boys. Not all went to private school, probably don't know any black people, let alone like any black people. Hmm. So at some point they're going to embarrass him. And a complete non-story about what Marcus invests his money into yesterday in the mail. Yeah. So fuck you for starters, if you wrote that. Or if you, if you work for them, fuck you. Um, and we'll get into that. Uh, but I want to start on the Mason Greenwood stuff because uh, obviously last week there was some brutal rumours um, about a rape allegation of a, a young Premier League star. Now, which newspaper was that in? Was that the Mail as well? Yes, I believe it was. The We're all under the, the same kind of... Bra- so yeah, I, kind think of bra- it, I think it was the Mail. They edited that. Don't know on the back of who's say so, but they edited that to suggest that it was someone in their 20s because the rumours immediately caught fire and I was getting texts off people I don't even speak to on a regular basis saying I've had it on a good source from a copper that was in the interview room that that's Mason. I was like, it's not Mason. 
because it wasn't Mason. People jumped on the back of this. Mason's probably going through some shit at the moment as one of his friends recently committed suicide. And I think the funeral for that was in the last few days. Jeremy Wister, ex-City yeah, lad. Um, which I'm sure you've got a circle of friends who must know that guy. Yeah, a little bit of the, the younger kind of people that I know. What, is he about two years younger than you? He's a bit, I think more than that. Cause 17 months. He was 17 well, months. Yeah. But I do know players generally around that kind of age age group. And obviously... Um, Akira Simmons, who who's played for us in Stratford Paddock FC, he's got a little brother that's at City, who's near enough the same age, a couple of years older, but did know of him. Um, I know a little youngster for Blackburn, who was at City around the same age group as him, as well. Because was obviously a girl, and I'm not going to go into that, but their little brother <laughs> that was um, very, very, very close friends with him. So it's it's kind of it, it was very close to home, close to home than I would have liked it to have been. Obviously, it's been a quiet deep time but it's been coming a kind of in a kind of period where people have been trying to kind of look towards the mental health side when it comes to young people in general not even just young people in sport well they've been saying they are well they've been saying they are that's what I, st- I kind of did mention when I did write whatever I did write so yeah you, you did an article last week um, mm. in almost in defence of Mason Greenwood do yeah. you want to give us the bullet points of that it was it was a defence of him but I was using him kind of an example of defending just young athletes in general that are in limelight or spotlight in general because what I don't want it to look like is if I'm just kind of just completely defending him wholeheartedly about any kind of wrongdoing that he might possibly have done because I did say I do agree with accountability when it comes to being a professional Mm. and how you kind of have to conduct yourself but it doesn't allow you to kind of push forward that kind of defamation of character and just just the kind of the targeting that some of them get and obviously they're athletes and professionals but they're humans first and they're people as well and he's a teenager and he's a a teenager and and not everyone kind of reacts to the same someone might be able to deal with it accordingly someone to block it out but he could be a player that he could let it get to him and that could be a possibility obviously seeing how the kind of death of Jeremy might have obviously affecting him as he's openly um, stated. But it's you just I think people need to be careful and I just don't like the way that your profession, when it comes to being a professional athlete in sport, kind of allows the kind of media attack or normalises the media attack from journalists and people out there. I don't think it's right at all. I just think whether you like it or not or whoever, whoever agrees with me or not, whatever you do, whatever your profession is, whatever kind of fame or spotlight you've got, just basic kind of like morality and just human rights just has to go about saying. Being number 11 for Manchester United doesn't mean that your friend passing away doesn't hurt. And for a a young person who's... uh, We'll throw a link to Ronaldo's article in the comments Mm. as well if you want to go read that. Um, being a I mean I, I lost uh, obviously with the profession that I had as a, a young man I lost a lot of friends uh, but I also lost civilian friends as well and mm. the civilian friends hurt more because I didn't expect it and some of those took me a long time I had a friend kill himself on New Year's Eve in 2004 um, he was 19 and honestly I don't even know if I'm still over that to be honest with you it absolutely decimated us as like a friendship group big friendship group and I think if I'd have been under the spotlight, I mean, I was a soldier going through basic training. Thank you, mate. If I'd have been a, a professional athlete trying to deal with that, I don't know if any of us, Chisel, I don't know if any of us 
even can put into words what the pressure of playing for Manchester United in England in 2020 must be like. I don't think any of us could even fathom. I think it's a whole different existence. I think there's there's no words to describe just how nutty of an existence that is and what the adaptation of that must be. You know, Mason Greenwood's gone from being a guy that used to message our account saying, can I have a shout out, yeah. to being a guy that can't walk down a street without getting my food, I'm sure. You know, I get texts off people saying, I've just seen Mason in sale yeah. <laughs> on a scooter. Like, so you can imagine what, what his parents are getting, you know, some of the stuff that he gets. You know, we know a guy that was like, oh, look at him cracking onto this bird, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got that message, I was like, and? Yeah, so what, fucking what? What, what are you filming that for and yeah. sending it to people? Exactly. So I can't <laughs> think any <laughs> of us can I mean? fathom yeah. What's all that about? what that existence is like. So mm. if, right, and I'm, I'm not, please don't take this out of context because I know everyone's going to, but if he has gone off the rails, is he not allowed to go off the rails a little bit depending on the circumstances of what's just happened. Yes, he's a professional, but as Ronnie's saying, guys are human, and we don't know what the mental toll on that is. And we, you know, we saw he's out here liking different posts. He's liking posts about the fact that he might be struggling in the yeah, wake yeah. of his friend's death. And if that's he's liking that, saying, there's a message liking that post saying, back off him, he's just lost a friend. He liked that, that's him sending a message to everyone. Saying, maybe, you know, there's truth to this. Read this. Yeah, he <laughs> liked your article, didn't he? Yeah. He liked it on, so, on, uh, on Twitter. So that's a message from him. And then you still journalists, and I use the term loosely, still carry it on, still run an article. I think Steve Bates, I think, in the You see yeah, Ronaldo, in the mirror. Ronaldo, sorry, Rio Ferdinand um, quote tweeted the article that was in the mirror, which has said, United, Manchester United officials are worried Mason Green was going to turn into the new Ravel Morrison. For starters, he's actually achieved more in men's football than Ravel Morrison has already. Yeah. Yeah, yes. let's just put that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also don't think that anyone has anywhere near the level of concerns and the, the concerns with Ravel was one valid and two there, there was multi-layered and reasons for some of the, the concerns with Ravel there's never been that sort of uh, thing with with Mason in the slightest not remotely Rio Ferdinand quote tweeted and said I want the name of the official that you spoke to yeah he speaks and he's yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean you're not going to get that anyway people don't usually give their sources up but I'm not hearing so you basically think they kind of use the United officials as like kind of a blanket statement of the fact that is a is an idea pulled out of my ass. Yes, and it, but then you can't fully say. It gives them kind of room to say, "Oh, I can't exactly tell you that," which means they have not spoke to anyone at all. But I don't know. It's just it's only that you had a bad training session. Yeah, it's bad. Fucking hell. Yeah, that's it. That's that's you know. Oh, Bruno got annoyed at a misplaced pass. Oh, then in that nah. case, he's like Vel Morrison. It's just like, that's <laughs> nah, quite a leap, just, nah, to, be, <laughs> to be frank. Do you know what I mean? And then, you know, Gary Neville quote tweeted it and said he's unfollowing the account. Um, you spoke about Rio. I think Jamie Carragher made a joke about it and Gary Neville told him it's not time for joking. It isn't funny, which, you know, I wish he listened to that a few years ago, to be honest with him, but mm -hmm. he's right. Yeah. Um, you know, he's liking the post you talk about. We had the rumours that were doing the rounds and I was like yourself, getting all the messages and all this. And I was a little bit... People like, I know... Yeah. I spoke to a copper. Fucking did you? Um, and it was, maybe I'm being overly cynical and I might be wrong here, but you know, that story went out on Friday without an age to it. So it allowed people to think it was, and then a few hours later, 
Oh, he's in his 20s. He's in his 20s. player in his 20s. And I was, maybe the cynic in me thinking, did they not know that when they published that story, that he was in his 20s? Could that not have been, could that not have been stood up? Stood up I think they put this out as if to be like, ha, we've got an exclusive. And then mm. everyone jumps to this wrong assumption and they're like, fuck's sake. I actually do think they had a bit of integrity about them there. Really? Yeah, I do. And I think they changed it by going, look, let's let's actually... Are you sure it's, integ- you sure it's integrity or is it just a response to backlash? Yeah. Could they, not have, done, could they not have done that? Quite the thing is, right, I mean, I can only go off when I was um, a, a journalist, but, you know, when the GMP, the press office, used to release a statement saying, you know, a man's been arrested, usually would put in his 20s, in his 30s, whatever. If they didn't, you could go back to them and say, listen, can you give us a little bit more on this because there's rumours doing the rounds or whatever. The only reason that they would withhold that is the reporting restrictions usually, and I can look at, again, I'm only going off what I remember from my reporting days, was if it identifies the victim. Yeah. So if yeah. you said a 47-year-old Premier League yeah. star and there was one player yeah. of 47, oh, they'd be like, we Yeah, well, that's up, you know what I mean? So that's usually why. So I don't think that was the case in there. And I'm just, my, my cynicism came in was, did they know that? Did they think by being a bit more ambiguous... Can, yes, and I'm saying I'm, I'm in agreement with you though. Yeah, like we and, can get this hype yeah. going, and, and then we come in and go. Oh, by the way, he's in his twenties. That's what I'm saying, Neff. It's just the timing of releasing yeah. the article with all that was going on with Mason Greenwood. It's hard not to be cynical because then you think, are they just they they were purposely ambiguous and they published the story at around the same time, knowing that people will try and relate it to Mason Greenwood just to maximize engagement. People just lie. Yeah. Nah, it's just because nah, someone, because yeah. I think we yeah. all got the same thing, didn't we? Like my mates, uh, I, literally three different people told me my mates are copper, and mm. he was in the interview room, and like he was. Re- I saw different times that the guy got released from, and you're like yeah. screenshots. Remember that there was a screen. I'm not going into it, but there's certain screenshots going around with just drivel that everyone <laughs> seems to be getting. Oh, this there is one. The, uh, here's the girl. You mean that famous Instagram model that everyone knows? No, I, yeah, mean, it's just, I mean, I have a bit make, of, you know... Make it a better life. Decency as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, why, why, are you po- why are you posting that as a supposedly the victim of a sexual assault anyway? Why are you doing that? Yeah. That's not even uh, okay. Do you, Do you know what I mean? Completely hard. Do you know what I mean? Like, what I'm saying. there's a line that you just cross in here, just pack it in, basically. And then in the middle of all this, you've got a young kid who's going through the mill, just lost his mate, and he's now getting accused of one of the worst crimes you can get accused of when it's got nothing to do with him whatsoever. And then all like, seven hours later, whatever it is, Oh, yeah, the releases. Yeah. I even had people, this is how bad it is, that were going, I, I posted something about Mason, get off his back sort of thing, I think I might have reposted your article. And then someone's saying, oh, he's just been nits. I was like, well, he hasn't though. After the thing came out about him and he sweated, saying, still could be true. <laughs> this is what I mean. Like, honestly, <laughs> I, mate, I don't know. Like, no, right. He's <laughs> one of the, if not the most famous teenager in the country. He's not in his 20s. They would know he's not in his 20s. <laughs> so it isn't him. They like, literally changed it to, to throw everyone off the scent after the rumour. Whether that was deliberate, whether that was by accident, honestly. whether that was an integrity. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. So whatever saying. the reasons was, they put it out that he was in his 20s to basically tell everyone it wasn't mm, mm. They did that after already maximising their engagement. That's that why I'm a little bit cynical. I don't know that, but yeah. I'm a little bit cynical. Mate, might, because I, I, I can't I think say you're wrong. <laughs> I think they could have got that stood up a lot quicker that it was in his 20s. I think they may have even known that when they published the story and I made it. Again, though, we don't know. It's just... It jades you, and I am a journalist, you know, I've been a journalist for years, but when you see things like that, it just, it does deflate and you think the stuff with the Mirror article, the stuff with the two male articles, the one about Marcus, which you're going to get onto, and the Mason stuff, or not Mason stuff, I should say, just, you know, articles doing around, you're like, got to be better than that, man. Yeah. You right. have. Got right. to, what you was know. the basis? I mean, like Real Fernand, I want to know who the official was. Um, I want to know who the official was that supposedly spoke to him and said that they're worried for him. And especially like Ravel Morrison went royally off the rails. 
This isn't like and that wasn't someone not meeting his potential like Makeda. Like, would that not have been maybe a better one? Like when you say the Ravel Morrison thing, that throws up all sorts of connotations. Yeah, Why but, not just someone not to reach? But the thing is with Ravel, Ravel Morrison's kind of problems were were literally ongoing from from, what, from, like a, from a nine, child. Yeah, ten, I think nine, ten years I old. I think in, in his defence, like, if we can as well, I think Ravel Morrison. I mean, I don't know him personally. I've met him a couple times. I don't know him. I think he had maybe issues that weren't addressed. Oh, no, he Probably, yeah. yeah. That the, 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 maybe addressed. still haven't been. Yeah, that haven't been addressed because it was beyond being a bit, you know, bit of a jack the lad or whatever. I think he had issues. Got he had. If he ever does an autobiography, him. yeah, yeah, fascinating. A crowd yeah, around it's him. It's going to be unreal. Yeah. That, that he didn't need to be around as well, and I think that wasn't dealt with. And I think you know, as you've just pointed out, Mason's already achieved more. Ravel never really got there. I know he played for West Ham, he played for QPR. And, you no, know, he never had consecutive starts he, in the Premier League. You know what I mean? This you is know, a kid that... Had. You used to watch that 2011 team. Quality. You know, Popper <laughs> was in it, Lingard was in it, the Keane brothers, Tony Cliff, decent players, top-level players... He stood out even more than Pogba. And people, I mean, I went to watch that t- that team. But Pogba was, and Morrison would be scoring week in yeah, week out, and you think was, it was a strike partnership, not a central midfield. For me, he, Ravel Morrison. Every time he got the ball, you're excited. This kid's gonna do, and he, you know, he'd run past plays. He was having a laugh. He was just enjoying his football. He was amazing, and you thought he's someone to watch. And yet, you know, did he even make a debut for United? I can't even remember. Yeah, his first touch was a back heel. So I mean, like, sort of, I mean, and I sort of forgotten that but I know you know, you're right I just like, it's, you know I expected him to do great things and I know he's still going now he's only 27 it's not like his career's over but let's face facts he's never oh, nowhere near about that more false dance and more. do you know what's odd about that the fact is it's, the Ravel Morrison comparison is obviously harmful to Greenwood but it's, it's just it's almost like an unnecessary shot at Ravel yeah as well R- uh, like, congrats it, to Ravel this weekend yeah. as well actually he made his debut for Jamaica no, he's still trying. He's still Rig, working yeah. away. And whether or not he reached the potential that he had as a boy, probably not. But at the end of the day, he's still a professional footballer. He's out here. Like I said, I think he was Saudi Arabia, I think they played this weekend. And he came on making his debut for, for Saudi Arabia. So It's a shame as well, isn't it? You know, Because yeah. that's a good, look, a good news story for him, making his international so debut. Another international and then, academy graduate. And you United. Google his name, you're going to get, oh, Mason Greenwood's in it's Ravel Morrison. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just... Really? Yeah, just, it seemed like an opportunity out. for him to take shots at both. It's just very strange. I don't know. It depends on what you want to see their kind of agenda is, which I think is quite obvious. You know, <laughs> I just, I just, I always yeah. pine for him anyway. But days like this, you just pine for the Fergie, don't you? Yeah, you're um, all banned. <laughs> like <laughs> everyone yeah. who's wrote that article, you're banned for life from the. Would you work for? Yeah, you can bye. go. Yeah, yeah. Well, well bye. No, no. Yeah, I, I actually wish United would get a set of bollocks about themselves now because it seems like. Um, there was a journalist, let's say, and an actual journalist from a, a reputable source, so obviously not the MEN. <laughs> um, uh, a reputable journalist once told me that uh, if you write something about Manchester City in a negative light, they phone you up and ask you to explain it. I was, I was at a press conference one where Pep had, had a go at the at City press conference. Pep had, had a go at referees. The, it was in his first season when he wasn't the, the god that everyone thinks he is now at say or, you know, in the Premier League. And he'd had a go about the refs not protecting players or whatever. And we were at the press conference and um, there was question after question about referees. Qu- referee, no more questions about referees. All right, then, I've got a question for you. Officials, what do you think of them? No more questions about officials. Okay, then, the authorities. <laughs> it was just like roundabout way. And I think, it was, I forget her name, is it Vicky Floss, whatever her name is, who, come, who was like the head of media at City, came down and she was watching this. And afterwards, and, you know, I can say this because I don't really care anymore. She... Um, she took us all to ban me from the Etihad. What did he do? Um, no. and, uh, you know, and um, 
she took us all to one side and she said, I won't have this. Question after question about um, g- um, referees. She said, it's not on. He answered one and you're asking it again and again. There's a gender going on. She said, if you were that lot down the road, you'd have been barred, meaning United, like you'd have barred you. Um, I was going to arrange a dinner with him and I'll cancel it if this carries on. Fuck about dinner with Pep Guardiola. You cancel what you want. Don't even turn up. So I was like, right, okay. You can't tell us what to do. But the point of making is that they were on it, and it was yeah. like we're not having it. Yeah. And then a week later, you know what? It, it did the trick because a lot of them cool. journalists were asking, like, even though the the, the story was ongoing, so he was having this feud with referees. It kept on for a few weeks. The question sort of died down because people were like, you know what? Don't want to bite the hand that feeds well, you. This yeah. this journalist was telling me like you write a negative article about them, and they they phone you up and ask you to explain it, and he goes. They don't tell you to stop. He goes, you just can't be asked. Like, I write an article, I'm researching my next one. I can't be asked having my ear chewed off about every, they go through every single line. Why did you say that? Why did you say this? Why did you say that? He goes, and nothing I've said is wrong. Nothing I've said is blah, blah, blah. He goes, no, they're not taking me to court. He goes, they just ask you to justify every pissing sentence. And he goes, you can't be asked. He goes, and it's effective because you go, I'm not gonna write that. I can't be bothered with the earache afterwards. And it's effective. And since Fergie left, there was a bit of an open season on Criticise United, especially under Moyes. And as Louis became a bit of a clown for the press and Jose's Jose and, and Solskjaer you know, is, is himself on there. But there's no fear factor at United. There's no respect. There's no authority. And there's no one to be like, who the fuck do you think you are? And I, this is a genuine thing. I literally said to someone at United, just let me come into the press conferences and I'll heckle shit questions. I asked. They said no. No, no. No, you are. You have a sore throat by the end of it, mate. Look not going to that, dick. Now you are right because I'm thinking, are United looking at the, the Mason Greenwood and Marcus Rashford kind of drama and articles? United and, need and to start shooting back, man. I, I want to know because I'm thinking, surely they must know that's going to affect the team. That's going to affect the squad. It's just, it's negative energy. It's negative vibe. It's just negative your yeah. negativity surrounding and, and obviously if, if Mark if Mason Greenwood is going in with the obviously problems that he's got and um and Marcus is having to deal with all this shit and this is all like they're hearing within the club around United it's an energy sapper mm. I mean, that's what it is because we used to call stuff that when you used to play in teams energy sappers it could only take one person you to play through um hold him one, one person <laughs> 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 That's quality. <laughs> Speaking of which, it's your old gaffer's birthday. Let's go. Um, who's? Tony. Scolzes. Wow. So I've gone quiet over there. What, he was gaffer for how long? He must have came in. Fucking hell! He, 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 oh, yeah. Sorry, if you don't know, Ronaldo played for Liverpool. I'm not no, going to put the thing on because he cries, but he did. Nah, he came in and he's, he's, he's very, he's, <laughs> obviously, his tenure was short lived. But um, that's what I'm saying. It, Back to the point I was originally making. Sorry, so yeah. go on. Not like, <laughs> nah, it, it, it can have an effect and probably it's a good thing it's come when it's been International Week and it's not been around games. So obviously the stories might eventually die out. But as you're saying, I would have liked United to come out in some way, shape or form and been like, yeah, this is not on. Because obviously it's not it's harmful to Greenwood and it's harmful to Rashford. <laughs> we got a press conference Friday. That's your perfect opportunity moment. Do it. Yeah. It's harmful to the club. Because yeah. obviously, I mean, I've talked about duty of care and it, duty of care is important and it doesn't lessen just because you're a professional athlete. Simple as. Walk into that yeah. press conference with a bat, put it <laughs> on the table, and be like, right, what are we talking about then today? 
right. I mean, just <laughs> you're right. What? The, 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 they've got a pushback. I mean, I'm not into not threaten anyone. Sometimes for, even yeah. Fergie could just ban people for nothing. Like it got a bit silly at times. I think then he banned Daniel Taylor for telling the truth about a real Fernand injury once, and it was just like <laughs> got a two year ban or something. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why he wrote the book. Wasn't yeah, it? back end. Yeah, it, like, it did get a bit giddy at times, but it was Fergie. So what are you gonna do? So like, I'm not into just banning journalists constantly, but there has to be some sort of accountability, like you're saying. And yeah. when respect. it's harmful, when respect, it's harmful, this, this isn't you know, oh. I don't know, you know, Wayne Rooney's been out of levered out of his head the night before or whatever. It's just nonsense. It's this is like a lad who's really struggling, getting thrown under the bus. Right. And you've got to have These a bit of a line here. These are in a privileged position. Let's get it right. I've not been to a game since March. He's not been to a game since March. You've not been to a game since March. These fucking knobs that get to go to matches behind closed doors don't realise the privileged fucking position that they're in, that they're getting to go and actually watch football. They're not paying for their fucking tickets. They're paid to be there. And these dicks get to ask stupid bone questions like that, create narratives and agendas on the back of absolute nonsense. Someone from either the Premier League or the club, and I'd prefer it to be the fucking club, needs to take a stand. And they need to say, do you know what? You've took the piss. Get out there. What, us as a fan channel aren't allowed in press conferences, right? But all of these people that create absolute shitstorms for the club on the basis of nothing, they're allowed in there on the back of what? The circulation of some of them newspapers is fucking less than this very TV show that we're doing right now. I know, I, know, I agree. <laughs> yeah. And I was surprised, I think, you know, with the, the Greenwood one, was it, I think it was Steve Bates, I'm pretty sure it was, who, I'm not having any dealings with him, I know who he is, but... I, it surprised me it was him. He wasn't someone I'd associate with that sort of nonsense. I may be wrong, but I just it, it wouldn't have been a name that sprung to mind. And yet he's written something that, you know, it seems to have very little basis on anything in, in terms of reality. It just seems, it seems to be almost created. Do you Invented, think sorry. the kind of backlash and the stir that they kind of create is what they are half looking for, though? Because that's part of it. I'm thinking, you're looking at him thinking, that's wrong. That's obviously bullshit. It's just not right. They have got to know that though. They've got to know it's not right. And it kind of makes you look at it as if... Yeah, they've got an editor like, there going, I need free United stories a week, lad. Yeah, you know, you're right. It's and like, it's, it's the clickbait thing, isn't it? Like, it's just clickbait. Yeah, you've got, I've got is. to hit these yeah. targets and I've got... And I've had conversations, I'm not going to name them, with journalists who I've called out who've privately messaged me saying, listen, you, you're right, basically. You know, that article was... But I'm under a lot of pressure and I'm, I've got to hit the targets. And, you know, I've got editors who want this. Like you say, they want so many words on this and they want so many hits. And it is a clickbait thing. And, you know, you we're, know we're so pushing that, against so that it. Ju- so apparently that justifies them. No, no, not at all. Assassinating not characters. At all. That's, what, that's what I don't get. Yeah. But that's you know what? what? One yeah. thing that's, in, and obviously they don't sponsor us anymore. They did sponsor us at one time. But one thing that The Athletic actually brought to journalism was fucking journalism again. Yeah. Because I, we obviously we know several athletic journalists. They don't have click targets they don't have i need 55 articles a day off you for your stupid fucking blog on your formerly great website we need um i want interesting stories you know mittens flying off to well used to pre-lockdown flying off to fucking brazil for one interview amazing no. that's journalism it and is. the fact that they're willing to invest the time excuse me and the considerable expense of airfare to fucking brazil tells me that they're interested in proper journalism and i think that's sorely lacking across the entire journalism sphere. And I, I almost want to come up with a new fucking name for these clickbait merchants that are just, ri- like, where's the journalistic skill in Bruno Fernandes made a tweet? I'm sorry, like, we wouldn't fucking create reports on the back of tweets. How are, how are supposed journalists for national fucking entities getting away with this sort of stuff that, I mean, literally there's fan channels out there and I include us in this that are, 
have got a higher journalistic integrity and a higher journalistic ceiling than journalists. I know what you mean. He's called yeah. it, it, you know, he's called it journalism, just churning out like rubbish. It. Do you know what I mean? It's not even, you know, you've not done any research, you've not got it stood up, you've not got any sources. You've just, well, that could be true. So let's just say it. Or, or here's an yeah. article, and l let's get on to the Marcus Rashford one, right? So, yeah. um, like I said, three weeks ago, Marcus made the government do a U-turn for the second time. Which honestly, Ooh. Ooh. honestly, I mean, we've, we've said everything we need to say about Marcus Rashford. Smash, I told it. <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. <laughs> like, smash, I told Just destroyed everything he's tried to do. Fantastic, well played. <laughs> I, I honestly did after they knocked him back the first time, I was shocked when he got a U-turn. I was way more shocked when they U-turned on the second one because it had kind of gone quiet. Except the fact that, I mean, gone quiet, at least in the government side yeah, of things, yeah. it had not gone quiet on Marcus's timeline when he's like, anyway, he's like Wollstone. He's, he's, he's like mobilised the yeah. country, hasn't he? Yeah, it amazing. Was just like, wow. um, literally amazing. But I still didn't think he would get them to, to do a U-turn. And all you snivelling little conservative MPs as well that voted no and are trying to get a bit of shine off saying, oh, congratulations, well done. I fucking take names, so fucking stand by. I saw by. that. I saw one of your tweets and I'm thinking... Have you been like kind of discouraging? Just don't you worry, I'm having all of them, Ronnie. I'll go through every single fucking one any, of the dirty bastards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no stone seen, unturned. I remember seeing that tweet and thinking, fucking hell. Like Steve's, the Nazi hunters got in all the to Argentina. <laughs> you've got the, Excuse uh, me? You've got the bad girl of Brexit to, to uh, cope with. <laughs> if she's a real thing, I don't know if that's real. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with Marcus Rashford, this weekend what we saw is the Daily Mail decided to delve into... Um, some of the finances of Marcus Rashford and see that he's bought, uh, was it five houses for two million? I'm sorry, yeah, in certain yeah. parts of Cheshire, that's not even getting you an average house, let alone the average house. It's getting you an apartment in London, basically. Or not even sometimes, <laughs> not even, 400 grand, good luck getting an apartment in London, I would say. Five, five homes. So Marcus is doing this, you know, if, guess what? If he wants to invest in property, sound. Marcus, let's say he earns, 10 million a year. I don't know what he earns. Yeah. He's probably paying four and a half in tax. So for all of those, why That's doesn't he put his own definitely. money into the, the, the school meals things? He is, you and, and actually, can I address this while we're on as well? Because that dick last night, that John, whatever she's called, was like, why doesn't he put his own money into it? He does. You'll never hear Marcus say it, but I'll fucking say it for him. He does. And it's an eye-watering figure that he put in. He kick-started it, basically. So don't you fucking worry about what he's putting in. He's putting in. Exactly. I remember I saw a tweet. You know, have you heard of a Carla? Yeah, of course. Carla, yeah, Carla, quite a well-known musician, but he's obviously very, very... Akela. Ake no, it's a Carla. It's not a Kayla. It's a Kayla. A Kayla. A Kayla. It's a Carla. No way. Right. Wait, regardless, anyway, regardless anyway, we're, it's the same we're, we're, we're drifting from the point well-spoken fucking Which, dudes Yeah, very well-spoken. Oh, mate, I could very listen to him all day love long. I love listening to him. He did kind of, he, he touched he on- He might be the smartest guy out there. Yeah, he's fucking brainy. <laughs> Certainly one of the most <laughs> articulate. Brainy, Absolute explaining, brain Yeah, explaining his point. An articulate as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, so that's what I mean. He's intimidatingly articulate. He's famous for his, um, his anti, what's his name? Can't Tommy Robinson. Tommy Robinson. When Tommy Robinson was on yeah. that, that chat show and he just destroyed and just ruined him. him. Didn't just destroy him, he destroyed <laughs> every point he was trying to make about racism and all that, how it comes from the top down, not the bottom up. It was fantastic. If you can't, just Google Carla or Kayla, whatever you want to say. It's AKA LA. Tommy Robinson and just watch someone, you know, and then ring the police and report a murder. I can't remember some of the. He did tweet about the tax, like how much that Marcus Rashford would 
actually pay towards tax because he's extortionate wages. But wait, what's this? Cart dig. Don't you worry about that. I'm <laughs> no. <laughs> read it now he's here. Right, yeah. all right, I'll, I'll <laughs> read it Joe. right yeah. so we've had a super chat from carp dig thank you very much we've got a super chat throw it in the mix in below uh and he's saying yeah some of these editors live in mansions actually a lot of the people who run most of the uk press one don't pay any tax in the uk for starters and some of them are literal billionaires so that's a whole other topic that i'm sure me and ronaldo can get into on a late night show yeah um what late night show is that we'll figure out we'll, we'll make figure one. out innit? we'll make one is it before my bed? Anyway. No. <laughs> well, it's not after your bedtime, is it? <laughs> that's a different show that's not on this channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Betty, go on. So what was that Kayla saying? He, he just, I can't remember word for word what he said, but he mentioned how the likes of Marcus Rashford and the people that play football in terms of how much that they're actually taxed, that they, it's almost disproportionate to, into the amount that they get taxed in terms of, obviously the general public, obviously the, the fact that they earn more. I'm not going to actually state or quote anything he said because I can't remember perfectly, so I don't <laughs> want to misquote him. But Power, it was, yeah. Paraphrasing him do is it. what you're doing. Yeah, that's, what, that, that's exactly what I'm going to yeah. paraphrase, but he did touch on that saying, you can talk about the amount that footballers earn and whatever they want to spend it on and have an opinion, but which I think generally is just usually born out of envy. I think that's what half of the lack of duty of care towards footballers anyway, in terms of what they've got to go through. You might earn a lot, but it doesn't mean that they're devoid of no human problems. I, I saw a tweet from yeah. him earlier, which was like, you always see this brought up yeah. about footballers. And hilariously, the government was like, I think the Premier League footballers mm. need to do more. And Marcus went, what was that? Okay. And now they're like, do you mind not doing as much as you're doing? <laughs> yeah. No, um, But like, you don't ever see Formula One drivers called out. You don't ever see tennis players called out. Hedge I mean, fund managers. Yeah. What yeah. about them? Golfers. She never mind sports people. Yeah, or hedge fund man. But yeah, like, golfers, you, know. you could be the 200th best golfer in the world and you're earning... And you're sat over there. Yeah, you're earning like Premier League player... You're, you're, you're earning the sort of wages that you wouldn't get out of bed for a Premier League player wage. Like some of the money involved in some of the other sports that never get spoken about. But footballers does. And why does footballers do? Because it's a working class sport. Very diverse, often played diverse, by... Yeah, sport played as well. Played by immigrants. That's... Arkala. See, I knew I was Arkala, like I said. Thank you. No, is it, is it to say Steve's right? Arkala. Thank you. Arkala. Perfect. Shut up. Right. Perfectly said by me. But when you uh, was. Uh, if you're watching Arkala, apologies for this discussion. When you were explaining it, I was kind of trying to think why is it that footballers get that kind of viewing in comparison to other um, sports that earn relatively well, lucrative type of money. Look, like look at Lewis tennis. Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. Uh, Formula One's had one black guy as far as I'm aware. Lewis Hamilton. That's it. I'm not yes. a Formula Up until fan, yeah, uh, Tiger yeah. Woods, was there any other black golfers? Couldn't tell you. V VJ Singh, was he not before no. Tiger Woods? Yeah, maybe. maybe VJ. Yeah, but, you know yeah, but yeah, talking, the point is, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, get, guy. I get yeah. your point, because even the likes of tennis, all right, so you got tennis, golf, Formula One. You got the, the, the Williams sisters, but I don't know any black dudes. No, that, no it's, the, not about, it's not about the colour, it's just the, it's the I kind of... I was going to say Arthur Ashe, yeah. It's the... Um, I'm not very up on these sports. No. It's the fact that tennis isn't obviously working class, is it? No, is it fuck? So you know, <laughs> to, uh, go and find out how much, because Janine for five minutes was interested in going to do tennis and she went and found out how much tennis lessons was and then that dream was over. But you know, like there's, when it's a fiver to go and play um, under sevens football, football at your local team, or it's 50 quid an hour to be taught tennis lessons, working class parents aren't taking their little Timmy and Johnny down to go and play tennis as much as they maybe would like to as much as they maybe like to go into a sport that's not as um, cutthroat, 
Yeah, think about if you had to start doing the numbers and if you was one of those guys that was like, right, I've got an athlete as a kid. Where's the best place for me to put him? You wouldn't put him in football. There's too many variables in football. Would you put him into athletics? Again, a lot of that's down to just pure gen genetics. Would you put him in you maybe like tennis? One to be in. Yeah, yeah, maybe rugby, maybe rugby union, maybe like maybe like a weird one like archery. Um, like Billy Connolly had a joke. Where's them guys that do, do like the walking marathons? Where do they train? Because none of them from Manchester. I guarantee you that. <laughs> that's a posh boy sport. Can you imagine? You come on, go, Dad. I want to do a walking marathon. Gonna do a walking marathon. Fucking walk like that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking not in this house. Tell you that for free. Like. <laughs> I, I did um, biathlon, sh uh, shooting and skiing. I did it in the army. There's no way you're doing that if you're just in Manchester. Where would you even train in that? Well, I've got, mm -hmm. maybe not. Shooting's not the best one, but <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? Because where do you do all these skiing's things? another one. Skiing's not working class. Skiing's Fuck. another wealthy Tories ish kind horse of Horse dancing, dressage thingy, right? Horse dancing. Horse yeah. dancing. That's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> Make me horse so. dance. Where you're you doing very that? cultured on this show. You're not doing that. There's not a one. Of, there's not a. a uh, a Collierst fucking dressage centre, I guarantee. Don't you dare Google this. This, 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 mm, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like the so stable, many, yeah, like Even Formula One, do you know how much fucking cash you need to be to be a go-kart racer at six? No, it's, it's ridiculous. Oh, you know no. I, mean? I got to buy you a car. Oh, horse no, racing. No. Is that is that even the terminology for it? I don't horse know. racing? Horse riding. Horse racing. Well, you are racing with horses. It's the same difference. But but if you ever need any tips or, for the Grand or, National, or, come and see Ronaldo. Or, you can see he's or, got his finger on the pulse when right, it comes it, to horse racing equestrian. or horse riding. Equestrian. Equestrianism. Well, even horse racing, the barrier to entry to buy a race horse. You don't see any. There's no working class people. No. That ride horses. I'm pretty sure because for us, you got really, to no, afford a horse. Yeah. And I'm sure that's not cheap. I don't, they're dearer than dogs, I reckon. I reckon a little yeah, bit more dearer than I dogs. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. yeah. Need a bit more walking than dogs as well. And probably a little bit more food as well. Mm. well actually, not Unless you make it quick. Oh, actually, and you need <laughs> you need somewhere to have the horse, which yeah. is a lot of <laughs> Which if you live in a <laughs> fucking <laughs> flat in Hume, you ain't fucking doing. <laughs> Depends if they can fit. No, actually, they won't. But you get my point anyway. Do you know when I was growing up, right? Um... My mate had a, grew up in Drawsden. My mate had a, my mate and his mum lived on a house um, on Scott Road in Drawsden. So it's pure just, if you've seen Drawsden, it's just every house is a semi-detached. That's it. Like they've got a tiny little driveway, which is a fucking lie if you call it a driveway. And then they've got average size gardens. You, you, every of. house is a semi? No, but like there's a lot of semi-detached houses. It's a 1930s sort of government yeah. estate build you know that I mean? they did everywhere. They had a little bit of a garden. Now, behind his house, there was uh, an electricity sort of... Substation. Well, substation sort of thing, yeah. So, and there was a little bit of grass, like, around it. Like, a, a small field. Not much. And we used to go in the back and play football sometimes. We've we've lifted his fence up. We've gone out. We've took a ball with us. There's a fucking horse in here. Some people had decided to buy a horse, just like a random house on the street, and were just letting it run fucking free in this field near the substation at the back. You have been chased by a horse? No. Nah, fucking rapid, nah, nah, Jay. Nah, okay. They're fucking you. well fast. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you're gonna get chased by a horse. I'm not sure about that. What the fuck? <laughs> Little 13 year old stealer. Like Superman. <laughs> Outrunning a horse. No <laughs> way. Trees, though, isn't it? Got a, 
got a jink. <laughs> you got a jink and move, Jay. Horses are big. We use some horses near agile. us though. In the Ginnell, go for the Ginnell near my house. There was fields of horses in it. What? what? Posh. You mean the council estate? <laughs> yeah. What? Well, I think they must have had a sale on an horses and Joel's uh, doing pies. Super chat from a dick. Yeah, it says United should hire a sports psychologist to help all the players. I think they do have some. Probably do have one. Yeah. Uh, they used to work with. Is it Brian Bezik? When we spoke to Jesse Lingard on when we were Devils, he said he. I think he brought a psychologist in or he asked to work with a psychologist. I don't know if it was a club, so he brought his own one in. But he spoke about that, um, about working with a psychologist. And that was a good example because Jesse, remember when Jesse did all the interviews and he spoke about his mental health. He yeah. spoke about being struggling. He had some family things he was dealing with. And for about a week, maybe four or five days, people were relatively sympathetic to his next bad performance. And then people were like, don't care about your mental problems, mate. You've got to sort your head out and start playing football better. So, you know. But it all leads into everything. Mm, maybe right. we can be a little no, bit You kinder. sleep better at night, your performance improves. Of course it but, does. But, you, but the issue is, you're talking about a sports psychologist, whether they are in a club. Surely for a sports psychologist to be used, they've got to be seeked out by the actual player. And obviously in the, in the kind of climate we live in where we're men in general, especially sportsmen aren't really going to go, they don't want to ask for help or assistance for the most part. It's, it's, it's still going to be down. That, that's kind of just, where we at? So do you, they think might, that, do you think that's yeah. changing at all, Ronnie? You say like the environment you're out. Yeah. I know what you mean, like yeah. you know alpha male type thing. But do you think there is more of that conversation going on, or do you think we're still miles away from that? I think it's gone on a little bit just because people have highlighted the, the, obviously the toxic masculinity kind of narrative. But um, I would don't, you I, would I, you have been felt like if you'd have been in the dressing room and you said, you know what, I'm really struggling. I'm going to see a psychologist. Would you think your teammates would have been about? What's this kind of about? Probably. Yeah. That's just a general, that's changing room culture, isn't it? It's kind of machismo. It's, that's just the way it is. And especially in an academy where yeah. you're trying, you haven't made it, you're yeah, trying no, to make it. It's literally you know, any sort of weakness or perceived weakness yeah. is going to be. Like, I, I spoke to a counsellor on the back end of Iraq because that mashed me up like an absolute kettle, big time. Um, and I'd, I'd broke my ankle following going on there. Mm. We'd had a civilian doctor that had been in with us. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know what made me do it. The, the guy was a bit all over the place and he couldn't find a notepad that he was looking for. So he was making small talk. So I'm just sitting there like this. And I wouldn't have said it to a military doctor and I don't know why. And I don't know why I said it to him, but he was like, he was just saying stuff like, how are you? I was just sleeping. And I was like, oh yeah, I haven't slept in about three months. And he went, what? Shit. And he was like, someone had obviously told him, oh, if any of the lads say this, you need to get a form out. And I ended up going and speaking to a counsellor for about, about 16 weeks or so. Um, and they disguised it because obviously they don't tell everybody else in your unit you're going and, and speaking to a psychiatrist or anything like that. They said it was part of the rehab on my ankle. And I had to go up and I, and I had these little conversations with someone. And I found it really helpful. You know, I didn't have to go look at fucking splodges of ink or nothing like that. And I literally, literally sat there with a bloke in his office and had a brew. Yeah. And that was the kind of, kind of how it was. <clears throat> and I know there's a few of my friends that have been chatting to counsellors and stuff like, like that recently. And I think people have found it quite beneficial. And I think the stigma of going to them is a little bit less than it used to be because I really didn't want to go me. Like the same what Ronnie's yeah. saying with the dressing room culture. I don't want any of the lads to know that. Oh, yeah. fucking sent me head west when, you know, getting shelled and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, regardless <laughs> whether you've been in the army or not, there's no, there shouldn't be a stigma about going to see a psychologist. I've seen a psychologist and I've never served in the army or been a footballer. Do you know what I mean? There's a, I don't think yeah. there should be, but especially when you have been through something like that, then it's completely understandable. And I think, you know, the more people, the more we can have that conversation, the better because 
asking for help isn't it, a bad thing or no, negative thing or admitting you, you, you haven't got all the, the answers. These footballers are exactly. under. They, they've so got to I mean, be someone that they can try and bounce something off and go, am I losing my mind here? Or is like, I like to tweet and someone made an article about it. Can you imagine that? It's That's mad, I, I, I just think That's being, being, that. being a footballer in that kind of limelight or being an athlete in that kind of limelight, it just must be a, such an artificial way of living. You, you can't almost... Go on, sorry. Now, for a minute, you can't... You can think you can almost imagine it, but it's almost unimaginable how you almost have to live like, because it's not normal, obviously. You can't do the little things in life that you kind of take for granted, almost. And oh, these sounds, are young, wild men. Yeah. We've got to remember that yeah. these are <laughs> young, wild men. Making mistakes that... Probably the mistakes or the kind of stuff that Mason Greenwood's been doing. Oh, mate, probably if you had a camera crew on jail, anyone exactly? I'd have been jailed. For <laughs> 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 starters, there's my when he's gone. <laughs> did you have hair? <laughs> oh no, 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 I, no! I lost it at eighteen. Did you actually? Yeah, I did actually. Literally, it was meant to be. Genuinely, uh, <laughs> we've, we've had a new super Suchy chat. It's from Carp digging us, mate. Yeah, cheers, buddy, my mate. As an economic student, the most hilarious phrase is that footballers are overpaid, especially since this is never used with other sports. Again, yeah, we were talking about Formula One. It's like Formula One, if you look at the amount that them guys earn, Lewis Hamilton doesn't pay a single dime attack either. Don't get me started on, don't. It's very you know unpopular mean? opinion to criticize Sir Lewis. Uh, my criticism of him was um, letting a woman like Nicole Scherzinger go, but obviously that's a different story. <laughs> Nicole Scherzinger made me wait for hours for an she's interview. And didn't do the interview. I guarantee she's a she, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She made me wait for an interview and then didn't even do the interview. So there you did go. the right thing. She's a bellend. <laughs> she's a bellend. We're not getting interviewed I was waiting for the whole X Factor. Right? I did Simon Cowell and um, Sharon Osborne. And then the only one left was Nicole Scherzinger. Wait. This was, at old, this was at Old Trafford Cricket Club. <laughs> and the, we kept waiting, Wait, kept on, waiting. Just rewind that sentence. Right. You was interviewing? Simon oh, Cowell and then Sharon Osborne was there. And I did them two and Louis Walsh. And then it was like waiting for, <laughs> waiting for Nicole. And they're like, Nicole's going to be here soon. Nicole's going to be here soon. Nicole's going to be here soon. And I waited, we waited and waited. And it, was, it wasn't just me. There was a few other journalists there. What was your questions? Oh, do you know what? It was like... It was the the, the the song for Grenfell had just come out, so it was like, oh, you know, the song for Grenfell that's doing really well. I think that Simon Cowell been involved in that, but my editor laughed because she said that when I started asking him questions about the X Factor, she said yeah, you couldn't have sounded more bored if you tried. <laughs> right, so you Probably. know, X Factor is a uh, Should have asked Simon again. Cowell, yeah. he, he looks permanently sweaty. His hands were very soft though. <laughs> Softest hands I've ever How felt. did you wait? Oh, from just the handshake? Yeah, just, yeah ah, no, but, I, no, I, oh, I moisturised him as we spoke. Yeah, yeah, I just sort of massaged his palm. Yeah, I was so Simon, shut up, you tell dick. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she made me wait anyway, and then she they got they, she got there, and they went, oh, she's she's not gonna be able to do any interviews because she's running late. Well, what's she late for? Interviews. One of the softest hands I've ever shook. Go on, Fergie. Really? Hundred mile an hour. Shocked I was. Nearly fell over. I never thought I'd shook hands with a loaf of butter. That might really? have been your. Hands Yeah, we used to. It's like shaking a cloud. Where did you meet him? To shake his hand. Cliff. Really? Yeah. I went to the cliff, but I didn't see him. I went twice. The and cliff a, takes me. Oh, I, I didn't. Cliff. Yeah, I didn't yeah. shake. A little I bit of blue tow rope around the edge. L literally about six foot of tow rope and then like 40 foot of people. <laughs> yeah. When did you go? When did you, how long ago? 98. Right. So it would be the summer before we won there. 98. Remember that? Yeah, was was 93. I Not a bad summer, that. Year yeah, I was yeah, born. You were born. So yeah. you feel old now. Um, so I fought with David Beckham. <laughs> yeah. And they got run over by Roy Keane. 
keen on. Hey. Was that deliberate? Did he, did he just he, drive into the crowd? Did he so ask you to apologise? Uh, <laughs> you could watch training from like a bit of side on the grass and they'd literally just roped off a tiny little bit of it. But then after training, you sort of waited in the car park and they put these crash barriers out. Um, and like, I remember Blomkiss come out wearing high heels. It's allowed, but he did. Um, Beckham came out making sure every wait, wait, single- Wait, wait, you there. Yeah. High heels were initially made for men. Me cool on. story. So uh, David Beckham came out, made sure every <laughs> single person got a photograph or an autograph or whatever he wanted. Um, and then there was like, there was a crash barrier here, like an L, and then a straight crash barrier here. And Beckham came out, did all this, and then all along there. Uh, but everyone kept kind of filling in in the middle because you could kind of like nudge a little bit forward. King got in his car, silver Range Rover, just drove at the people. Yeah, love them. <laughs> I love them. I like my, that's like my experience with me and King as well. I love all that. But yeah, I remember when you used to be able to go to the cliff and just, you could sneak onto the pitch. Like my mate nicked Mark Hughes' training, tracky bottoms. <laughs> chaps, I'm sorry, I was only 13. But you could literally just sit on the side of the pitch watching him train. Now, you're not even allowed to go to where they stop the cars outside yeah. Carrington, are you? stop it, people doing that. What a treat. And like, you speak to some old timers and they'd be like, yeah, you should just go and watch George yeah. Best play. And you're like, fucking hell, what a treat. Um, Joe's put something down the screen now. What's that about high heels? He's just taking us off topic with <laughs> high heels. He's just proving so, the fact that I said... Yeah, it's, that Ronaldo was right. Yeah. Ronaldo no, was no, right. Obviously, you said it like as if it was very, very strange for a man to walk out in in high heels. But, but it is. Yeah, it or is. it was. It is, actually. It is for a change. In a, it is considering that he probably got changed with an eye shot of Roy Keane. Oh, yeah, that's very, very <laughs> risky. And, <laughs> and nothing was said. Anyway. Good knowledge, that, Ronnie. Well done, lad. Thank you. But yeah, like... I think, oh man, I, I should have never just gone to school and I should have just gone and watched them train at the cliff every day. But my auntie's got a good one about uh, being in front of Cantona's car. She was waiting for Cantona and um, he walked up to her and he was thinking, oh, she, he's going to say something to me. And he was like, can I get my car? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, um, if you've not seen the cliff, like there's the pig pitch and then there's the slopes in there and there's literally everyone's car parking spaces there she was standing there watching training didn't move as he she froze as he came towards her it's like a, I'm in a car. Oh, <laughs> she goes That's and then I, she shit it that bad <coughs> she just moved out of the way never got a picture or an autograph i wouldn't blame her you would be like <laughs> it's eric you know? so basically it never happened anyway <laughs> <laughs> but the, the selfies replace the autograph yes i am um, and it's better than the autograph it's better we took, I took a, you know, many disposable cameras when I went there. I, I posted yeah, pictures on Twitter yeah. the other day because um, I dug some Thumbs out. Thumbs over the front of it. Yeah, and, you know, when we went there, it was like, like I said, we was only like 13, 14, whatever. But yeah, you saw us get things signed and took some pictures and stuff. But my, it's, it's funny now because everyone hates him, but my thing then was my big hero was Paulins. And I remember when I met Paulins, I was starstruck. I was like, oh, oh, oh. oh mate, early 90s Ints was mint. I know. Like, it was, it oh. was, think. Everyone, what everyone loves about Kante, think of that, but way more aggressive. He was, he was, man. He was pe people have revisionism because he ended up at the Scousers and everyone hates him. And also, he's, he comes out with Absolute idiotic wibble. comments on uh, when but he's he was a, a hell of a footballer. He was, mate. Inter Milan didn't want him for nothing. No. And this is when Inter Milan were like one of the top The stones Europe. on the guy as well yeah. to tell Kino and Robbo, you call me the governor with a straight face. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Shocky always tells me that he never went in for that. What, calling him the governor? Yeah. Or he never said it. You know, he just didn't call him. He just, well, he just, did he, so see, oh, we'll ask Jockey this. Yeah. D did he walk around going, did someone like Paul, he'd be like, my name's the governor. <laughs> Fucking is it? 
<laughs> yeah, Paul. Um, so we got a super chat from Max Ketley. He says, shout out to Vicky Ford, Chelmsford MP for children who voted against Marcus's bill. Never been more embarrassed to live somewhere in my life. It wasn't the only one, mate. There was, was it 303 of them? Something like that, yeah, the majority. I'll get through all of you, don't worry. <laughs> and uh, Ross Murphy Fine. with a super chat says, you would run away from the lies, CSP horse. It was, um, <laughs> it was a grey one, it wasn't a black one. A grey horse? A grey horse. I don't think I've ever seen one of them. But to be fair, I've not seen it's many It's not fucking horses. pink, is it? It's grey. It's a pretty natural colour, isn't it? For a horse? Yeah. I've never seen a grey horse. You seen a green one? A green one? No. Did you have to think about that? Ignore him. <laughs> no, no, actually, wait, 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 wait. Knocking <laughs> the unwell here. It's like taking a mick out of children. He's actually sat there going, green horse, just take the notice of him, son. Leave no, him alone. Pack it in. What about blue ones? Don't stop it. <laughs> I've not seen that many horses. So <laughs> really? No. That is me thinking you're an expert on uh, questions. Right. I'm going to call it a day there. But um, I don't. if we didn't make our point clear at the start, we will fucking come for you <laughs> if you keep writing articles like this. Your names are public. Your faces are public. And I'll fucking find you. So, whatever you want. Is that a threat? No. Stephen, uh, and I'll ask Stephen you, will send, listen, send you a, finish, a strongly worded tweet. And I'll ask you to justify it in person. There we go. That was not a threat. Stop writing bullshit because we'll find you, oh. right? And there's no need for it, for starters. Ronnie will get on his green arse. And United, get in a set in of bollocks. In, in, in his stilettos. The day I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie in his stilettos on a green arse. Come on, man. How, hey. many, how many people like me music? Anyway. <laughs> right, yeah, let's not go down right. whatever route you're going to take there. I don't want to know. Manchester United, grow a pair of bollocks. And on Friday, when they all try and walk through, start putting your hand on someone's chest. Mm-mm. Not you. But you go. Do what Fergie used to do when he was annoyed. Change the press conference to 8 o'clock in the morning. An hour before, <laughs> or, or at, at one o'clock on a, or what midnight on a Thursday? Send out an email. By the way, the press conference has changed now. It's now <laughs> <laughs> three hours early. <laughs> and you see Ian Irving and Mandy there. Like, ah. Oh no! Oh, right, all the journalists from London like having to get in the car and drive through the night. Yeah, fuck them. Honestly, fuck them. They've got no respect for the football club. They've got no respect for the players. So why treat them with respect? To be fair, though, right, and I will say this just before we wrap up. He's already seen Darren Lewis, who's been on tier one, calling out, and that's one of his colleagues, and he said he's not having it. So the, I don't, I don't, I'm not just saying this, because you know, not all journalists like this, and there are journalists calling out. a new name yeah, for him. Who are calling it out, and that's good to see, because you know, not everyone's think, having it. Do you, think saying they're not having it. do you think Darren Lewis was a little bit more vocal, because he, he's recently got a little bit of a... Like elevation of stature in it within. Well, he's within, always like that. Yeah, with so and that's like, why but, when yeah. we when we spoke on the Tier One podcast about racism in football, which is why we wanted to get him on. He's not specifically counted as all classed as a Tier One journalist, but he's someone who is probably the most prominent journalist speaking about racism. Not just because he's black, but because he he does. He talks about it all the time. And he, you know, you've always seen him on TV shows and stuff. And when he came on, he was he spoke about Marcus Rashford and players like that and the treatment they get, and he was very you know articulate and insightful on it. And he's I think today tweeted about you know. We all have to take response, but I will be having words with colleagues. Good, who, well, who well done, Darren. Do you know well what I mean? So it's point that there are journalists out there that are doing it. They need to carry on doing it. Yeah, but the rest of you, fucking stand by. And United, make fucking make a stand and tell them to get fucked. Yeah. Oh, your credentials been fucking shredded. Now do one, you asshole. Cheers for watching. Make sure to subscribe. Give Jay a follow. Give Ronaldo a follow. We'll see you in the next one. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family 
cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.